the Basic Income Podcast. I'm Owen Poindexter. And I'm Jim Pugh. So a lot of the action around basic income has been in cities, most recently Stockton, but also we're hearing reports of Chicago and possibly others. And until now, each locality has had to figure out how to do a basic income pilot on its own. But recently, the Stanford Basic Income Lab released a toolkit for cities interested in launching a basic income pilot in collaboration with the National League of Cities, the San Francisco Office of Financial Empowerment, and with contributions from various other organizations, including the Universal Income Project, which includes our very own Jim Pugh. So I had a chance to sit down with Catherine Thomas, who's a PhD candidate in the Stanford Psychology Department and a graduate fellow in the Stanford Basic Income Lab, and was one of the point people on putting together this toolkit. So here's Jim's conversation with Catherine Thomas on the Basic Income Podcast. Catherine, we're really glad to have you on the podcast to talk a little bit about this new Basic Income Toolkit. Now, this is something that the Stanford Basic Income Lab, in partnership with the National League of Cities, recently developed and released, and it's, it's geared towards launching basic income experiments and pilots in cities in the United States. Can you just tell us generally what this toolkit looks like? So in 2017 and 2018, we've seen many basic income pilots popping up in cities across the US, um, from Chicago to Stockton, California, and Jackson, Mississippi. And at the Stanford Basic Income Lab, we've met with many other city leaders who are interested in basic income and have a kind of a host of questions, both political and logistical, about running a pilot. So for example, city leaders wonder, what's the evidence that basic income could address their city's needs? How the pilot be funded? How would recipients be selected? Or what can their city learn from the pilot? And so we wrote the toolkit, Basic Income in Cities, a guide to city experiments and pilot projects, to provide guidance to cities for answering these questions. This toolkit was written with my co-authors, Juliana Bidadanore at the Stanford Basic Income Lab, uh, Brooks Rainwater and Camille Moore at the National League of Cities, and Sean Klein um, at the SF Office of Financial Empowerment. So the first half of the toolkit is really written for city leaders who are at the initial phase of learning about basic income policies and determining whether a pilot might be a good fit for their city. It gives background and evidence on basic income, its history and its aims, and it describes the feature of basic income policy and related cash-based policies like um, the earned income tax credit and social security. It presents some of the existing evidence we have on basic income and highlights what is yet to be discovered and achieved through experimentation. We know a great deal at this point about the benefits of cash-based policies in low- and middle-income countries, but we need a lot more in the U.S. For example, we need to understand how basic income influences meaning and civic engagement in a culture so tied to work, how it influences health and health expenditure in a country with runaway healthcare costs, and economic mobility in regions with different opportunity structures. So pilots, depending on their design, can help answer these questions. And in the toolkit, we focus on three basic income models, though there are many possible um, models and goals one could have. So we, we go into the details of Alaska's permanent fund dividend, an ongoing statewide policy since 1982, the Stockton Economic Empowerment Demonstration um, that will begin in just a few months in Stockton, California, and Y Combinator's rigorous randomized control trial of basic income. They'll be conducted in two US states in the coming years. The second half of the toolkit is really for city leaders who are at the stage where they want to begin organizing a basic income pilot committee and drafting a program proposal. So this offers practical recommendations for designing, implementing, evaluating, and communicating um, a basic income pilot. This is really the how-to section of the toolkit. It describes strategies for identifying pilot goals, such as through drafting a theory of change, and for collaborating with key stakeholders, including other governmental agencies, the community, outside researchers. It details research designs linked to cities' goals and capacities for the pilot, 
whether that's to get an in-depth understanding um, of the role of basic income in recipients' lives through qualitative methods, or to generate evidence on causal impacts of basic income through a large-scale randomized control trial. Then it walks the reader through the nuts and bolts of designing a basic income program. And this is where I think that um, pilot designers uh, will really want to focus. So if cities are going to be investing time, money, and their political chips in a pilot, we want them to have a basic income design that has the best shot at being effective and being scalable. So this section really tries to help them do that. It goes through each feature of basic income, who the recipient population might be, how much basic income amount should be, how frequently it should be delivered, any conditions attached, and the duration of the pilot. It notes other important considerations, like how to safeguard participants' existing benefits and ensure recipients can uh, receive the funds effectively. We share strategies that ongoing pilots are learning, even over the past few months in this section. We also make recommendations for strengthening the impact on pilot recipients and communities through add-ons informed by behavioral science and through wraparound services like financial coaching or mental health services that could be offered, or through art projects that engage the community at large. The toolkit concludes with guidance on communicating a pilot and its findings to its recipients, the media, policymakers, and other stakeholders. Effective communication is critical to the success of a basic income pilot, as we've seen in the cases of Ontario and Finland that have been undermined to varying degrees by miscommunications. And so we give readers tips on how to put in place strategies to avoid these pitfalls. We also suggest strategies for communicating with the public in order to affect change um, on narratives around poverty and sound social policy, and also for communicating with policymakers towards informed scale-up after the pilot has ended. So in sum, uh, this toolkit has two main parts. The first part, which presents the background on basic income and why cities might want to conduct pilots. And the second is a more practical part, which presents recommendations and considerations for conducting a pilot. Wow, so there's a lot in there, <laughs> clearly. And I, I imagine this must have taken a ton of work to pull together. What, what was the original motivation for launching this project? Yeah, so as we've seen, there's been quite a bit of growing interest in basic income pilots over the past few years, really starting internationally. Um, and then uh, these pilots in the U.S. came on the tail of this large accumulation of evidence um, from across the world that finds cash-based programs to be effective policy tools. So we wanted to help city leaders make informed decisions by drawing on two main sources of information. The first is a review of evidence to date on each design decision where evidence is available. So we point to the robust uh, international evidence base as well as the research that we have available from the U.S. and Canada. For example, studies on the EITC and cash delivery strategies in the U.S. that can be used to suggest ways to reach the unbanked or what additional services might be useful for recipients. The second source of information we wanted to share was the latest insights from the experiences of pilots that are already in the works. So we want the next cohort of city leaders to be able to learn from the challenges that ongoing pilots are facing now and how they're overcoming them. So we interviewed Y Combinator Research and Stockton Economic Empowerment Demonstration teams. We interviewed groups who are organizing or funding pilots, including the Economic Security Project and the Universal Income Project, um, and many others. For example, we learned from Stockton how they decided to select recipients using a democratic process. So through roundtable discussions with community leaders, they settled on their top priorities, which were to maximize learning and to select recipients in a fair and inclusive manner. So they chose to make all residents of low and middle income neighborhoods in Stockton eligible, and then to use a random lottery to select those 100 recipients. So many pilots are concerned that recipients could actually end up worse off in the long run by becoming ineligible for existing social programs. And we learned how it might be possible for cities to collaborate with other municipal and state agencies to avoid that consequence. So for example, some have gotten waivers uh, for pilot participants so that 
the temporary basic income is not included in the eligibility determinations for other benefit programs. So in this toolkit, our aim was to address the big questions the city leaders are asking through um, both presenting the evidence to date and sharing real-world examples and experiences from pilots that are now in the field. So you mentioned engaging the community and, and reactions there. I think that's an aspect of pilots that people don't think about most of the time. And I would imagine perhaps that's not the only one. So I'm curious, as you, as you research this, as you talk to people, were there particular things that maybe even you weren't thinking of, but that people, you suspect that people may not consider when they start thinking about doing a pilot? Yeah, I think that narrative change is absolutely one of the biggest ones and political feasibility in the long run. So for Stockton, I've been really excited to learn about what they're doing uh, to engage the broader community. So they're really going beyond the pilot recipients and thinking about the effects of basic income on particular individuals. And they're thinking about the effects of engaging um, an entire community in just and sound social policy. Um, and the way that they're doing that is to put murals up across the city um, that highlight you know, community activists and that illustrate the potential of basic income to bring a more cohesive community that is more respectful of each other and more humane in some sense. And so, and then they're also holding roundtable discussions. They're putting up the um, results as they come in real time on a community discussion board. Um, they're involving, as I said earlier, they're involving the community in the selection process. They're doing a lot to engage the entire community um, and have, oh, they're also having uh, youth groups do spoken word uh, performances on the relationship um, of work and dignity. Uh, and so, I just think they're doing an amazing job of really having us question basic income and consider it um, not only from a kind of an evidence angle, but also from a justice angle um, and thinking about how basic income can update the social contract and how we relate to each other. So that's something that I thought was really promising beyond going above and beyond a kind of a randomized control trial and trying to you know, uh, do evidence-based policymaking. The other thing is about funding. We get questions about funding probably about more than anything else. And I thought I think in this toolkit we've been able to build a pretty robust section on funding and have some really creative designs. And thanks to Jim contributing <laughs> quite a bit to that section, which is very helpful. Um, and we're drawing on examples from around the world and sovereign wealth funds, um, or you know sharing out dividends of uh, collectively owned resources. Um, to more kind of creative short-term solutions like matching from local businesses. Um, and so I think that we have a, a solid list of options that cities can use. And I guess the thing that I um, kind of learned in the process of that was how you know we might be better off in some sense using private and short-term funding to get a pilot going so that it can be sustainable and not terminated prematurely or something. Um, and then to think about how the rest of the funding can come later, kind of after we've we've initially demonstrated proof of concept. Now, as, and again, I'm sure this took a ton of work, but I'm curious as you were figuring out the toolkit, as you were putting things together, which were which were the parts of the process that were most challenging? What what ended up being most difficult? So one of, as always, one of the, <laughs> the biggest challenges is trying to address as many questions as possible to a relatively short guide. Um, but that's why the Basic Income Lab is making ourselves available to talk to city leaders um, for further questions. 
But beyond that, I'd say that the biggest challenge was and still is communicating what the trade-offs are in certain designs of a pilot, in particular how those decisions relate to what a city can learn. So pilots are kind of well-positioned to answer questions about more versus less effective ways to implement, design, and communicate a basic income pilot. Um, and then the scope of what it can learn beyond that depends on its size and research design. So pilot demonstrations with relatively small numbers of recipients and short timeframes can help work out kinks in implementation. Um, they can try to do more community engagement and discussion around basic income. They can also test out different strategies for talking about basic income with the public and government officials to build political traction and see what points really resonate with different groups of people. And larger pilots that are um, evaluated with a randomized control trial design will be able to answer questions about what outcomes are achieved with particular features of a basic income program. So Y Combinator's project will answer whether there's a difference in providing basic income for three versus five years, which will tell us something about what a particular total sum of money can achieve and how the feeling of longer term income security can influence willingness to take risks, for example. So small pilots, for instance, of under 100 people often cannot um, answer questions about the causal effects of basic income on many outcomes we care about. And small or large pilots are not generally well suited to shed light on macro level or longer term effects on the labor supply and inflation or comparison with the existing safety net on rates of health, poverty, and inequality. So I think that one of the biggest challenges is delimiting what a pilot can realistically achieve and contribute to the national conversation. Now, you released a toolkit a few weeks back, and it seems like really the big launch was at the National League of Cities Summit in, in early November. What reactions did people have there and since then? So it's interesting. So when we present the toolkit um, in smaller settings, people who are already invested in basic income, we get a lot of detailed questions. You know, how are you going to fund it? How much is it going to be? Who's it going to go to? And that's what a lot of the questions, the second part of the toolkit is designed to address. When we present it to the more general audiences, as we did in the National um, League of Cities Summit, we get um, mixed kind of feedback, generally positive and very dynamic conversations. Um, but I would say that there's a lot of, it's usually a hotly debated topic. Um, so when we released it at the National League um, of Cities, it was in the Future of Work panel, which is one of the most well-attended panels. And so we got a lot of questions that you often get with basic income. So how do you um, justify it to taxpayers? Or how is it distinct compared to other economic policies? And what are the trade-offs? But then when we get, um, and interestingly, other city leaders stood up in the crowd and responded to other city leaders who had these sorts of questions about what um, a basic income is and whether or not it disincentivizes work. Um, so I think that was really interesting to hear about. And then, of course, there are city leaders there who have already shown interest and uh, who want to figure out how, how we don't do harm with the pilots, how we don't disrupt existing benefits. So I think that in our conversations, we find that many city leaders find the idea of, of a basic income pilot to be promising, and they have lots of questions about the practicality. So we hope that the toolkit will make tangible some of the ways the cities can make uh, pilots happen and be successful. Yeah, well, that would certainly be exciting if we could start having more cities. I mean, it already seems like a lot in the last year, year and a half now, but if, if that trend can continue, it certainly seems like it can make a big difference for the long-term viability and momentum of, of the policy. So now that this is out in the world, I'm curious, do you have specific follow-up steps planned? 
So right now we're getting the word out about the toolkit uh, because of the partnerships across different institutions in this toolkit. Um, we're working to reach multiple audiences. So one of our co-authors recently presented it to his colleagues in the Cities for Financial Empowerment Coalition and to his local agencies in the Bay Area. Since it's associated with the National League of Cities, we're able to reach city leaders through the NLC network and the annual summit we just talked about. And the Basic Income Lab at Stanford will be continuing to speak with government officials, even in the coming week, um, who are interested to learn more about basic income, the existing evidence, and, and pilots. And now we'll have a guide to facilitate those conversations. There'll also be future gatherings with interested city leaders to move the conversation forward and get into the specifics of how to tailor the pilots to a city's specific needs capacities and goals. And through this dialogue, I think we hope to discover what we can learn from the entire body of pilots being implemented across the U.S. that can be useful for informing state and national level debates and proposals. And then lastly, in addition to the toolkit, uh, we're providing another resource, which is a table of ongoing proposed pilots in North America to date that we'll be updating regularly. This table lists pilots we've discussed, such as the Stockton and Jackson pilots, um, pilots in smaller municipalities like Santa Monica, California, and large randomized control trials like the Y Combinator Research Study and the Inkman Developing Brain Study. Um, and so both this table and the toolkit can be found at basicincome.stanford.edu. Now, I imagine there may be folks listening who are interested in what's happening here and, and potentially want to help in some ways. Are there things that people around the US can do now that this is out there to take advantage of it? Yeah, I think the first thing they can do is to get a sense of the pilots that are actually ongoing in the U.S. right now that are being proposed um, and that are beginning to launch. Um, and they can find that at the basicincome.stanford.edu website. Um, they can learn about ones that are happening in New Orleans and um, Twin Cities, Merced County, California, and other locations, and others that are soon to be announced, actually. Um, they can kind of follow along with those pilots and also advocate to their own city leaders to host a basic income pilot. Um, they can also donate to these existing pilots, especially ones that are run by nonprofits um, and that are privately funded, um, like the Magnolia Mothers Trust in Jackson, Mississippi, or to the Economic Security Project, which helps organize and fund a lot of the pilots. And the last thing they can do is to kind of write into their local newspapers and kind of raise more awareness about basic income and the, and the possibility and promise of pilots. All right, Catherine, well, those were all the questions that we had. Is there anything else you'd like to add? I think that one of the most important things we want to communicate to government and nonprofit leaders is that in addition to this toolkit, there are many resources, resources out there um, already for them to run successful pilots. And there are quite a few examples um, to learn from. There are many groups that have kind of been in the weeds designing, funding, and running these pilots and who are willing to help other cities work through additional questions they have. Um, these include those of us at the Stanford Basic Income Lab, our co-authors at the National League of Cities, partners at the Universal Income Project, big thank you to Jim, Happy to help. the Economic Security Project, Y Combinator Research, the Jane Family Institute, and many others. So you can get in contact with us um, at the Basic Income Lab at stanford.edu. We can try to help answer any questions you have and get you in touch um, with these other groups that I just mentioned. That was Jim Pugh and Catherine Thomas on the Basic Income Podcast. Uh, for me, Half of what's interesting about this toolkit is just the existence of it itself. Uh, the fact that there's so much attention around cities, even though you know, that's not where the most funding is in terms of our, our governments, but that's where there's a lot of uh, energy around experimentation and just looking into projects like this, which I find very fascinating. It's been a real 
shift in perspective that a few years back when we talked about basic income, a lot of the conversation was, oh, this can only happen nationally. That's the only way that this makes sense. Because if you are talking about a full basic income for everyone, that is probably true. The, the only place where you have enough money would be at a national level. But what we've seen again and again now is that actually there's really interesting potential to be able to try this out in different ways. Admittedly, it's typically targeted in, in some capacity, or maybe it's a slightly smaller amount, but it's really starting to get at what would it mean to provide universal basic income. And cities have really had the nimbleness to be able to, to move forward on this in, in a way that larger geographies have not so far. I think it's worth noting that elected officials in cities and just in general won't necessarily have heard much about basic income or have any real idea about how they might launch a pilot. So you wouldn't necessarily need a toolkit around housing or around your, your basic, you know, fixing roads, your, your normal city issues. But this is something where, and I've talked to a lot of elected officials at the city and county level, and a lot of them either hadn't heard of basic income or just know the most kind of basic headline stuff about it. And as interest increases in basic income, something like this could be a really useful tool for a lot of elected officials. I think that's right. There, there is more need of it for basic income. But at the same time, I think something that really impressed me is the level of nuance and depth within the toolkit. It wasn't just, oh, here's some information about the policies and then thinking about that. It was also, here's some logistical challenges that you need to consider as you start to to design this sort of thing. Here's how you might want to consider like marketing and looking at the politics on this. It, it really is talking about what a holistic approach to a pilot is in a way that I, I think anyone doing this on their own for the first time is likely to miss many parts. And I actually think those, those aspects of it probably could be a pretty big value add on housing policy, on all sorts of other policies where folks might assume they know what they're doing, but again, there may be approaches that if, if you make option A instead of option B, you could end up having a much better result, and you, you may not think of that otherwise. Yeah, and I'll all just add to that, that this isn't the toolkit you would have come up with necessarily before we'd launched any of these these pilots. You know, and I would include things like Ontario and Finland as well in there. Um, especially stuff around media and how the, the pilot is perceived turns out to make a huge difference. And I don't, I don't think I would have anticipated that, and I think a lot of people didn't really anticipate that. So this is not just the basic income 101, it's here's what we've learned from a lot of what we've done already. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think lessons like what, what you can do around community participation and, and how that has implications for perception and buy-in and, and things like that, those, those are things that reflect lessons learned, but again, also reflect this broader idea of, of what does it look like to make progress on this. Uh, and yeah, as Catherine mentioned at the end, this is something where it's worth getting in touch with your local officials. Um, one ask would be just to read the toolkit. Um, I think just making people aware that this is an option, that there is support and there is research and there are ideas around this, and that you you are interested in seeing this happen in your city. Uh, your your city council people and your you know everyone else in your cities probably doesn't know that, and so uh, it's worth reaching out. Yeah, and maybe they do know it, but don't feel like there is any interest from the population. So 
this, this is a place where a, a few phone calls, a letter to your local paper, could actually make the difference. The actions of a very few number of people could lead to more basic income pilots happening. That'll do it for this episode of the Basic Income Podcast. Thank you to our producer, Eric Davidson. Please rate us and review us on the podcast service of your choice and tell your friends we are always looking to bring more people into this important conversation. Have a great week. Thank you.